Our world is full of the unexplainable. And if history is an open book, all of these amazing tales are right there on display, just waiting for us to explore. Welcome to the Cabinet of Curiosities. On November 17th of 1896, the night sky above Sacramento, California, was a source of fear and dread. It had already been a miserable night, with the skies filled with dark clouds and a steady wind. But as some of the more observant residents looked up, they were startled to see something else. There were lights in the sky, and they were moving. Now, before you jump straight to assuming this was a UFO, let me give you more of the details. When you hear the whole story, it feels a lot less like an episode of The X-Files and a lot more like something out of a Jules Verne novel. And we have a man named George Scott to thank for that. He was an assistant to Louis H. Brown, California's Secretary of State at the time. With access to the Capitol building there in Sacramento, he and a few friends climbed up to the roof for a better look and discovered something more mysterious than lights. According to him, it was a set of three lights, they seemed to bob slightly as they moved, almost like a ship on the water. Above the lights, all of the observers could make out the dark shape of something long and curved. Another local claims he heard people up above him where the lights were, calling out orders for guiding the vessel. He said he could make out the full shape of the object above the lights, calling it a cigar-shaped balloon with wheels at the side like a steamboat. But let's step back for a moment and let that soak in. This man was claiming to see a paddle-wheel boat in the sky over his community. More than unlikely, this theory seemed practically impossible. For context, hot air balloons had been around for a while. The first aerial photos of Boston were taken by a photographer by the name of James Wallace Black. In 1860, he climbed into the basket of a balloon owned by Samuel King and let it take him over a thousand feet into the sky above the city where he took his photos. It was a new use for a technology that had been around since the 1780s. No one, though, had managed to find a way to power and control those flights. Remember, the reported hot air balloon steamboat contraption thing over Sacramento happened in 1896, a whole seven years prior to the first recorded powered flight by the Wright brothers. So if the reports were true, and this was a powered flight, it could rewrite the history books. Over the months that followed, the unidentified aircraft was seen hundreds of times. For a while, it seemed to stick to the Pacific coast, flying down to San Francisco before heading north to Washington state. It vanished again for a while before reappearing near Omaha, Nebraska in February of 1897, which seems to have been part of a larger journey eastward. On April 11th, Witnesses reported that the airship had finally reached Chicago. There's an old photo of it online, like a dark cigar against the pale white cloudy sky, but most historians think it's fake. Still, people saw it, and just like in Sacramento, they wondered what it could be. Even though later reports claimed the mysterious airship had crashed, rumors about it continued to fly all over the country for some time. No pun intended, I swear. Whatever it was, we may never know. In a culture that was deeply in love with the idea of Jules Verne's Captain Nemo, who sailed the oceans in a highly advanced submarine, anything was possible. 
And it spoke to the deep hunger most people have for answers to the mysteries of this world that we call home. If anything, perhaps the story should serve as a lesson to all of us today. Keep your eyes on the sky. You never know what you might be missing. The model was meant to be a glider. A committee was certain of that. They were a collection of aeronautical engineers and experts in flight, so for them to look at the small wooden model and see its potential was a huge relief. There are certain elements that help an airplane fly through the air, and this model glider seemed to have nailed all of them. The wings had that perfect curve built into them for generating lift, what engineers refer to as the cambering. Those wings also bent downward toward the tips, another key element of aeronautical design. And the shape of the entire model craft was exactly what you might expect, a pair of main wings that extended away from the body, and a raised tail fin with two protruding stabilizer wings. The committee could immediately see the usefulness of the design. With a small engine at the rear, they suggested, this glider might be perfect for low-speed flight, maybe even cargo transport. It was brilliant. And that was the problem. You see, this model was brought to the committee in 1961, after having been found in storage where it had been for decades. In fact, it had first been discovered five years before the Wright brothers made their historic flight at Kitty Hawk in North Carolina. It was a problem because it predated powered flight, something modern men and women have taken a lot of pride in. The box it had been rediscovered in was part of a collection of artifacts removed from a tomb in Saqqara, which had been the burial ground for the ancient Egyptian capital of Memphis, a tomb that had been opened in 1892 and dated back over 2,000 years. And the glider model wasn't a one-off either. Archaeologists had found over a dozen others just like it, all of which are brilliantly designed for powered flight. We tend to view history as a never-ending slope upward, where each new century places us farther up the technological ladder. We believe we're always gaining altitude, climbing to new heights, and soaring over our ancestors. It turns out, we might be wrong. In the end, our pride might be nothing more than a flight of fancy. I hope you've enjoyed today's guided tour of the Cabinet of Curiosities. Subscribe for free on Apple Podcasts or learn more about the show by visiting curiositiespodcast.com. This show was created by me, Aaron Mankey, in partnership with How Stuff Works. I make another award-winning show called Lore, which is a podcast, book series, and television show. And you can learn all about it over at theworldoflore.com. And until next time, stay curious. Stay curious.